Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's another edition of Clinton Baptist Paranormal Podcast. She's only sat next to me. It's I Linda am. Bloody. Oh, it's Linda Pollock. Come on. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yes, here Woo-hoo. she is. Wonderful. It's the old favourite. She's there. She's every flipping where. It's Linda Pollock. Oh, adorable. We do love Milo and we do love Linda. Ah. Linda, how have you been? What have you been up to? I can hardly wait to find out. Well, so I was helping out on a school trip. We decided to take the kids, the English class, year 11, to go to see the Scottish play. Oh, all those kids up to London. That must have been hard work, jeez. We went to see the Scottish play at the Globe. They all had to stand up all yes. the way through. They're all moaning, oh, my legs are in. And I was thinking, your yes, legs are younger than mine. Yeah, you're not allowed to sit down at the Globe, are no, you? No, you have to stand like they used to in the olden days. What was it like? Did the kids like it? I loved it. I yes. thought they were great. Yes. It was very... Very bloody, as oh, you can yes. imagine. I know. It's, yes. it's a gory play yes. for gory I people. I know the play. I know the play very well. Go on. Have you been in it? I was. I was yes, you knew I was going to say that. I played Macduff's son, who famously has the line, "He hath killed me, mother." Oh. Which begs the question: How could he say that if it has been killed? It always used to elicit a laugh from the audience. Oh. And when I got killed, and I'll come to your experience you, in a what second. What voice did you do it in? Did you do it in Alan Bennett? He hath killed me, mother. Gotta move this drum kit because every time I kick back, we've got to hit a symbol. Hey, I killed me, mother. <laughs> anyway, and the other thing was, of course, I had a sort of tunic thing, and as I fell down after McDonald's, no, or Banquo, they didn't see your monkey the, brains. They saw something. They saw like next week's washing oh, up there. No. Yeah, oh, it was terrible. So the kids were laughing, particularly in the matinee version, and. Um, I'll tell you another story about this, really. No, I can't tell you. Go on. No, it's disgusting. It's too horrible. Tell me, no one's listening. It's just me. All right, my brother... (laughs) So horrible. My brother came to see it, right, and I was playing Macduff's son. Does he have his own name? My brother, I'm not going to say his name. No, Mini Macduff. No, no, Macduff's son. Macduff's son. And so there was a... This is so awful, this. There was an actress, and I won't tell you her name, because I've worked with her since, right? And she was playing... Judy Dench. No, let's call her Judy Dench. It wasn't. And she... There was a bit where, you know, she was sort of snuggling up with me and frightened for my life, because Banco... I think it's Banco. Someone comes in and kills me and her. Well, it's a fair bet with that play, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of... As you said, there's a lot of blood and all that. So I was there being very sort of actorly and anti-wonderful being in this Shakespeare play. And I... How old were you? 13. And I'm showing off to my brother, who then said to me, I saw you getting your head in there with her boobs, sticking your head in there. And I thought, how dare you? I'm a cultured actor. And for all my culture's going, I saw you sticking your head in her tits on. Absolutely horrible. You know, I thought I was a pro. I thought I was bloody Laurence Olivier. Well, Carry on with your cultured story about the Scottish play. All right, so the, the, obviously the blood starts to flow. And, they, and one of the kids said, to, oh, I thought it was great because they had, like, I could see from where I was standing that yeah. they were holding, like, blood bags. Capsules, yeah. Yeah, capsule right. things. Yeah. And uh, 
they were smacking them against themselves, and, you, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah. it was like you know Quentin Tarantino film yes, by the end. It was all up the walls, it was all over the faces. Yeah. They go off, and sometimes they come back on, and they'd be covered in handprints with blood. So you know, there's a lot of suggestion of, of a, a massacre. Let's say. Yes. Yes. Well, one kid threw up. One kid fainted. Oh God. <laughs> Then you know what it's like when that starts. It's like a domino effect. It's like explosive. So you know the one whiff of that or one look at it. Some of these kids, honestly, it was all over the shop. It was disgusting. So it was messier off stage than on. Oh bloody! My fucking god! Hats off to you for taking kids to the Globe. Talking to the Globe, my director, Brendan O'Hay... Oh, yeah. ..of my tour, of which there are tickets for sale, if you kindly buy a bloody ticket, uh, for Roller Ghoster, which we are touring all over oh, the country. Oh, is he working with you again? I thought he said he would never <laughs> work with Well, you. I asked him again. And he, is it because he... was charging some money, let's be fair. Oh, so you're not having... Not having Ramon. Ramon, no, no. no. We've had to... We, we cut right down this year. The budget's nothing... Got a little car to drive around. It was great last year. Have you year. forgiven you for the banana incident with Her Majesty? Brendan O'Hay is, of course, the man I hit with a inflatable banana. To mark, mark the passing <laughs> of our queen. <laughs> the passing of our glorious monarch, which was embarrassing. No, he has. He's all right. And I'll tell you something. He's This is true. You mentioned Judy Dench. He's written a book with... This is true. This is the quality of people I work with. Mm, and, yeah. Shakespeare people, not just not just actors. The finest. Not just people who's... who's I want to nozzle. Proper directors. He, he directs at the Globe, Brendan, amongst other things. Oh, he is he responsible for that bloodbath? No, I don't think so. He is touring around the country. He's written a book with Dame Judy Bloody Dent. She can't see so well now, she? Can can't she can't see so well. But they've written a book all about acting Shakespeare. Now, he says... Did yeah. you see her Who Do You Think You Are? Go on. Fascinating. Go on. Judy Dench traced her ancestors back to the court, royal court of Elsinore. Right, okay, and where Denmark. Was... Hamlet is Yeah, that's there. right, yes, of but course. But her ancestor was actually a lady in waiting there in, in real life. That's amazing, isn't, isn't it? it? Thank you. What you're forgetting, Linda, is that these listeners are pig thick. They don't know anything about Hamlet. They think it's a cigar. All right. So, you know M from James Bond? <laughs> <laughs> Shakespeare. The lady Sha- one. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. You know the one? He looks like Mick Miller. He's got bald head with bits at the side. Yeah. He wrote a load of plays anyway. Or did he? Or did he? Or did he? But he's touring with Judy Dench at the moment. He's on a little holiday with Who's her. Shakespeare? No! In many ways, bleeding. he is always in with In many her. ways. Let's get on with a bloody show for oh, Christ's sake. Yeah, so anyway, he's touring with her and he's written a book all about. He says it, 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 it looks like it's all about Shakespeare. It's not. It's a lot of fantastic anecdotes from the world of um, so actors. It's got Laurence Olivier in it. It's got all that and more. All the great actors. Johnny Gilgood. Olivier, Gilgood, Ross Abbott. They're all in there, right? Turning now, that's enough culture. We're going to go to this shit, this chat, it's fate magazine as we go to Sister Act. My dead sister is trying to kill me. And also, have you seen the subheading there? What's that? And I'm to blame. <laughs> so let's get on with this wonderful story, Sister Act. One sibling protects me, but the other wants me dead. It's always the way we need the middle child, isn't it? <laughs> says, absolutely. Says Mike Richard, 64, from Mallorca. Spooky music, Linda, please. I just want to say about this story, it is the most crammed in, far-fetched, you know, uh, incident-packed story you could ever... Oh, Get a load of this. It's like a bloody roller coaster. <laughs> Wandering down the canal with my dog Flash at my side, I grinned to myself. I got a bar of chocolate in my pocket and I was heading for the broken bridge with the field next to it where, if I was lucky, some of my mates would be kicking a football about. Already a lot of detail. A lot of detail, yeah. In the 1950s, it was considered safe for seven-year-old kids like myself in my small village outside Cardiff to run about unaccompanied. <laughs> I don't think it was was safe, but okay, you go for it. As I sat down on a tree stump and unwrapped my chocolate bar, probably a fries back then. A fries chocolate delight, yeah. As I sat down on the tree stump, a young guy walked past and started petting Flash. What a good boy, he said. We got chatting, mainly about fishing. Have you seen the frogs up the river, he asked. Why don't you come with me and I'll show you. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is a bit grim, this. Don't worry, we'll get, we'll get past this. That's when I saw her. 
the spirit of a young girl, aged about five, with blonde hair. She was shaking her head emphatically <laughs> at me and pointing at the way home. Um, no thanks, I said to the guy. I'd better head home now. That's when he got nasty. This is grim. Don't oh. worry, they're getting some funny in a minute. He grabbed me arm, tried to drag me off with him. Flash leapt to my defence. Snarling, he bit the man on the ankle. He let go of me and ran off. And Flash and I legged it to the other direction, back home. Next day, one of my schoolmates wasn't in class. This is... Uh, sorry, I this forgot. This is really awful. I forgot how horrible this is. Anyway, a few days later, we learned the horrifying news that he'd been abducted and murdered by an escaped inmate from the local mental hospital. Well, that was a lot of fun. No, I'm kidding. There's more to it than that. The inmate had hanged himself the following day. It was the same man who tried to lure me away with him. If this wasn't weird enough, I'd seen the girl's spirit possess Flash so that he'd scared the man away. He missed that bit out, didn't he? Yeah, all right. Uh... And I'd seen her before, too. She'd been there on another occasion when I was fishing on the River Taff Bloody and there'd hell. been some kind of bizarre electrical storm. The river had sparked with electricity and all of a sudden, hundreds of dead eels had risen to the surface. Well, that yeah. slipped your mind. It's a lot it packed into this story, isn't there? It's very... Do you know as well, it's very spectacular, all of it. It's all very spectacular. I'd felt a horrible, malevolent presence around me, but the little girl was there, too, urging me silently to get away from there as quickly as possible. It wasn't until I was 11 years old that I found out who she was. I was chatting to Mum when she said that something important to tell me. You had a sister, she said. She was born minutes before you, but she was dead. You were twins. I stared at her, feeling completely out of my comfort zone. Yes, I, I know, was all I could think of to say. I told her about what I'd seen that time on the River Taff and when I was nearly abducted. Mum burst into tears. Was she blonde like you, she asked, and I nodded. We were going to call her Mary, she whispered. Two months later, Mum had a nervous breakdown. Flipping it. She lay upstairs in her room for six months. I was told not to go into her room, that she didn't want to see anyone. We never talked about Mary again. I grew up, got married, and eventually retired to the Spanish island of Mallorca with oh. my wife, Pat. This gets a bit nice. It gets a bit nicer now, don't okay. worry. Hope folks. Brexit didn't ruin it for yeah. you. I grew up, got married. <laughs> uh, occasionally I felt Mary's presence around me, but I often felt an other presence too. The angry, malevolent one that had been there on the day of the electrical storm. One day there was heavy rain on the island and many homes were flooded, including our villa. There was two foot of water in our bedroom and as I sat on the bed, a human form began to materialise in front of me. Well, it's, it's, it's naughty. It was created from energy. And it's something in its appearance, its interaction with me, suggested it was mocking me. Terrified, I rushed out of the room. Then, in 2015, I felt something twang in my back when I was doing some gardening. I, I thought... <laughs> I've had that. I, I thought nothing of it. But, but that night, I started hallucinating, seeing figures that weren't really there. Yeah, that's hallucinating, yes. <laughs> Things went from bad to worse, and Pat called the doctor out. He immediately rang for an ambulance. I don't know why we're laughing. And I was rushed to hospital. Subheading desperately ill. It turned out I had a strangulated hernia and de developed septicemia. Oh. I spent three weeks in intensive care and when I was well enough to travel, I was flown back to the UK to the Royal Berkshire Hospital in Reading. While I was lying in a semi-conscious state, I saw all sorts of strange things. Oh, Christ. I do see ghosts. I'd see dead bodies all around me and the lights would flicker and once again I'd feel that angry, malevolent Ooh. presence. It's clever. That's when my twin sister came forward again. She took my hand and took me out of my bed and down the corridors to the hospital chapel. Shit. Presumably trying to encourage him to, you know, disappear into the other realm. I was in such a bad way that I couldn't have found it out on my own. But there in the chapel, I felt safe. The evil presence couldn't touch me here. Last year, I saw a psychic... There's so many events happening. It's about, isn't it? We were, so that happened. <laughs> Last year... This is just his whole book in about two sentences. Last year, I saw a psychic who was able to connect with my twin sister. She came through so strongly, you could practically feel the energy. Since then, I found I can communicate with her telepathically. She can't talk, having died at birth. But if we both clear our heads, we found we can send each other one thought at a time through to each other. Right, so hang on. She All right, can't, stop the music. She can't talk, 
having died at birth, but she can spot a wrongan at the side of a canal towpath and shake her head. Oh, shut up, you. Linda farted in the kitchen. <laughs> Try and join in. <laughs> Tragically, oh, God, here we go. She told me that she'd been killed by my umbilical cord strangling her in the well, womb. Well, you know why. It's really, really long and thin. I can't read the following line while oh, I'm go laughing. On. I was deeply upset to learn this. But I've also found out who the malevolent presence is. One of my aunts revealed to me that I had an older sister who was born around 1949. So much to take on board with this bloody story. I believe that, unable to afford to keep her, my parents gave her to another family in Mallorca. What? In Mallorca? Yeah, he's from Mallorca, this fella. No, they moved to Mallorca when he retired. What? This prick's making it up as he goes along. I... Because he was in Cardiff when he was a kid. This is a lot of bollocks. This is all this... I mean, it's not the most unrealistic part of the well, story. Well, let's get on with it and we'll get to the end of it and try and draw some sort of conclusion! I've got one. I hired a private investigator to find out more information, but while he was working on the job, he died in mysterious circumstances. Oh. You don't know him, he goes to a different school. <laughs> but I know that my older sister is dead now. She is the evil force and the presence that scares Mary. She is deeply what? jealous that our parents kept me and not her. That's not how adoption this is works. All, this is all wrong, isn't it? My wife, my twin has since told me that my old sister was meddling with the electrics in the hospital and that's why she had to get me to the safety of the hospital chapel. Which is hard, They can't get the electricians so nowadays. So speak... <laughs> the well, one of them quite handy with, with, yeah, with till, electric. Till she died. Truth is, I think my older sister has tried to kill me at least twice. I think she was responsible for the electrical storm too. Bloody good electrician. She, she can do that. Yeah, I'm in regular contact with my twin sister. She brought, he brought some, some, something done in the conservatory, some new lights put in. <laughs> Recently, I went strawberry picking with her grand, with my grandkids, and I could feel her energy around us, her warmth inside me. She was so happy. I thought she was trying to kill him. No, different sister, the nice one, the, spe- the speechless one. She told me that she's an energy form and says that life after death isn't what we think it is. Now, that is true. I'm glad she's there to keep me safe because my older sister after me, who knows what might happen. Mike is the author of Hallucinations or Reality, Seven ninety nine from Amazon and other novels. The answer is hallucinations. I can only apologise for that story. It wasn't what I thought. I thought it was going to be quite dramatical. In actual fact... It was silly. It was silly and and, and really not... Not the best one. Let's get on with... Let's get on with a really good story. Now, Andrew Monument... What a name. Andrew Monument sent me a message this week. Please read it out, Linda. Hiya, Clinton. I've just been a bit shitted up by an unexplainable experience. Wondering if you or Linda could shed some light... <laughs> Shake some shake on it. <laughs> I will try to avoid any unnecessary details. Oh, Christ. Here we go. But, everything before but is bullshit, by the way. Yes. But for some context, it's a Sunday and I've been a really hot one. Too hot to take the dog out during the day, so I've waited till the evenings to oh, kill two birds with one stone. I've God. dropped off my girlfriend to her mum's for a chat and a cup of tea while I walk the dog around the village. Here we go, now we get to the point. It's a very old, very remote village in Norfolk called Horsham, St Faith's. Nothing much but an old pub and a massive crematorium. While out on the walk, it started to get dark and being an old village, there isn't too much street lighting. About 45 minutes in, I get to a long stretch of road with a narrow pavement on one side and fields the other. When passing the old primary school, my dog jumps and spins to face behind us. Usually she would bark. However, instead she cowers and tries to hide behind my legs for protection, almost tripping me up. I turn quickly to see what has made her jump and there is absolutely nothing there. She remains fixed on whatever she has sensed for a few moments before eventually listening to my command and continuing our walk. Around a minute or so later I come over extremely cold and I'm covered in goosebumps. Bearing in mind it's a very warm evening, I find this very odd. Trying to be rational, I try to explain to myself I'm probably in my own head after the dog incident and my mind is playing tricks. I continue to plow on, hoping to come across some street lighting or just some residential housing. So I don't feel quite so alone out in the darkness. After a further five to ten minutes, it doesn't matter. I come across nothing but the creme I'd previously mentioned. I'm ashamed to say I was too much of a wet lettuce to walk any further on my own, so it feels like a good time to turn around and head back. 
Things feel better now. I'm facing a more built-up area. And again, I take out my phone to let my girlfriend know that I'm heading back now. With the brightness of my phone against the dark of night, as I attempt to type my message, I'm not focused. Jesus Christ. He gets a message back from his girlfriend. Why all this needless detail? I am, yeah, why all this needless Just detail? Just walk him and come out. Andrew Monument. <laughs> Stop being a monument. I'm, I'm focused on where I'm going. Anyway, yet again, my hair stand on end and I'm consumed by a sharp cold. I put my phone down to have a sheepish look around and realise I'm again outside the old school. My usually rational brain is convinced this cannot be a coincidence, so I speed up walking, set the extendable lead to unlock... So the dog can lead the way and we can get back as quickly as possible. To distract myself, I look to the left, where there's nothing but field, nothing but fields, and the last of the light begins to fade. I notice a silhouette of trees in the distance against the sky over the extremely tall rise I I'm now walking at quite a pace. OK, hopefully the story's going to come to a point. The hedge branches past the trees, silhouettes pretty quickly, and I find myself transfixed with this for no reason. Suddenly, my almost trance-like state is broken. When I can only describe an extremely large head, silhouette moves out over the head in the opposite direction to the tree. Stop yawning! We're doing the fucking podcast! My <laughs> How big was this head? <laughs> again jumps round, this poor doggy. My dog again jumps round at the same moment, and I'm in no doubt she has sensed this too. By this point, I'm completely rattled and my fast-paced walking turns into more of a jog, yes, to the car. I explain to my girlfriend and her mum what what I'd seen and they could see I was visibly and pretty tragically rattled by this experience. My girlfriend's mum looked more shocked than I'd expected. I went on to explain that a few years ago, outside the old primary school, Get this, a man had jumped in front of traffic to take his own life and the poor young lad who was driving had been deeply affected by the incident. Yes, but who had the massive head? Could it explain my cold? We're going to speak to the prick in a minute. I am not too convinced myself, but I truly cannot explain what I did see over the hedge and I can honestly say I've never felt a feeling the same as I did this evening. All the best, Clinton. My Well, that was Andrew Monument. Let's get him on and let's hope he's not too much of a pedant. It's like the bloody Rosetta Stone, that. We're going to get Andrew on the phone now. Thank you. Andrew Monument is speaking to me now. Andrew, have you made up your surname? No, I have not. How would anybody have the surname Monument? And why would your parents give your initial as A, a monument? A monumental liar if this story is anything. I'm joking, Andrew. Where does monument come from? Nice and quickly and entertainingly, please. Um, Norfolk, I think, broadly. Nowhere else. Andrew, please tell me. This story, it's... On the face of it, it looks pretty meagre, doesn't it, Andrew? Let's admit that much. Yeah, it's um, scraping the barrel somewhat, but it did shake me up, so... Okay, well, just remind me, someone was killed on a road and the young boy who who took this life has forever been haunted by it, is that right? Yeah, so obviously after it occurred, I I went to pick up my girlfriend from her mum's house and um, she had, yeah, they discussed it because I'd already sent her a voice note about it and, um, yeah, it turns out some bloke had jumped out into the road there and the young young boy who actually went to school with my girlfriend... um, was was quite shaken up about it, but my girlfriend wasn't aware of it either. Um, and he's yeah, he's not really been the same since. Kind of hoping you'd you'd be able to sort of shed some light. Um, yes, I can. I can. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm not too sure really what it was. It just looked like a, a large large figure, no real features or anything, just a silhouette. Um, but it was definitely it must have been at least over six foot tall because there's a big big hedge that I saw this um this figure over. Just explain to you, it's like a shadow of a figure over the fence or through the fence or through what? What? I don't understand. It was over the top of the hedge. Um, There's this large, could be like a silhouette of it. It was just round, no no features, just a big, large head shape. You could see there was like the outline of shoulders, neck, head, but that's that's about it. I see. It's like a massive head on some relatively... It sounds a bit like Ruth, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Andrew, 
Do, are you convinced you saw a spirit? I'm not sure what it was. I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm a cynic, but um, right. I can't explain what I saw. I have no idea what that could have been, moving at that speed, at that height, at that time of night. There was no noise, no rustling, no machinery or anything like that. When you Just say that... So when you say that time, like this was only a couple of weeks ago or something, it was still light. It was still... It was early evening dusk, was it? It was... Yeah, I'd say it was about quarter to ten when the nights were quite long. Right. So you couldn't really see too much without torch, but you could still see, you know, silhouettes against the sky, which is what I was looking at at the time, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at Andrew now. He seems quite a rational person. If someone who clearly doesn't put his washing away, because I can see a lot of washing <laughs> on his bed. What do you? What are you doing? And why aren't you at work, Andrew? You working from home or what? Well, I, yeah, I should be working from home. We, um, I, I've not told told my manager this is what I'm doing right this second. Okay, it's to do with um, ID testing of things like knives and vapes to people who aren't old enough. That kind of thing. What do you mean? So. Um, basically testing to see if like Tesco's will go and sell like a 16 year old a vape or a knife or something when they shouldn't oh that now is. that does sound interesting hold on what do you <laughs> mean so you send you send people out there like young yeah. kids excuse me can I have a vape and then if the poor sod behind the counter sells it to them that person's going to get sacked and Tesco's is going to get a fine is that correct no so the tests are arranged by the shop so no one gets sacked no one gets fired it's just okay. for the shops to know if they need to train their staff. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. How is any young person going to get involved with enjoying the pleasures of tobacco if there's people like you on the case? <laughs> How is anyone going to do their traineeship in trying, you know, 10 silk cuts or whatever the modern equivalent is? Impossible. How's anybody going to try an Alcopops for the first time at 11? Do you see what I mean? You, you, there's yeah. a right to passage, Andrew. Yeah, I do feel a bit of a, a killjoy, but... yeah. It has to be done. Well, it, it doesn't have to be done, Andrew. I had a can of Fosters when I was about 12, and I've never looked back. Now, if it were people like you, Andrew, I wouldn't have tried that. I wouldn't have enjoyed a lifetime of booze in my head off every week. <laughs> I'm kidding before the uh, alcoholic brigade get on the phone to me. Andrew, what has been the worst the worst crime caused by a supermarket or su such like, I mean, what do you do? Send a send a one-year-old in there asking for 20, 20 Marlboro Lights or something? No, so usually the people who go in will be 18. They'll just look younger. So obviously we can't ask people to try and buy something because that would be illegal. They have right. to be 18, but they should right. still ask if they look under 25, I believe it is. Um, right. So we've had a few shops will sell about 20 knives at a time to someone who looks... Much younger than 18, and You're then just walk out of the shop. Yeah. What about, does, it, does it stretch as far as going into a newsagent and looking for a, a top-shelf gentleman's um, <laughs> leisure pamphlet? No, but we have had a few um, computer games, I suppose. Are you talking about a sex game or a violent game? Well, probably a violent game that's got sex in it. Um, okay. and, yeah, I've not played any myself for a long time, but yeah, you, you right. can. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, Andrew Monument, thank you very, very much. Is the dog okay now? She's absolutely fine, yeah. Although we did drive through the area the other day and um, she did get off the back seat onto the floor, so I'm not sure if that's related. Right, okay. Andrew, thank you for listening. Thank you very much. If there's anything more spooky that happens over a hedge in Norfolk, let me know. I will do. Thank you very much, Clinton. Thank you. Good day. We turn once again to Chat It's Fate and Michelle Jones, who is a top expert. It just says top expert. I don't <laughs> know believe in, her. in what. She's a top expert in psychic advice. <laughs> Please put on the spooky music as we attempt to, well, consolidate what she thinks is good advice with our own. Yeah. My mum has recently, not mine, someone else's. Yeah. My mum has recently moved in with my husband and me. We've always had a fantastic relationship, more like sisters than parent and daughter. And we're already settling into things with plenty of love and laughter. Selling her house has been a real struggle, though, as it was bought by my grandparents in 1955. And seeing it empty made me very emotional. Yes, it does. It's been a home and a haven all my life, and there are so many memories pulling at my heart. 
Saturday tea times as a child, watching Grandma cook dinner in a steamy kitchen or Grandpa coming home from work with treats for us. Oh, lovely. Sounds lovely. I've asked Archangels Raphael and Gabriel to bless the house, bless the house, and make it ready to become a home for a new family. Whoever they are, I wish them so much happiness there as we had. Oh, that's from Michelle. Just her little testimony there, what she's been up Oh, it's Michelle telling us. Yeah. Have you ever... I I was thinking the other day, I went to the dentist, right, and my dental person is is someone called Claire, who I used to know at school. Oh. You're like this. She gets in touch with me and says, my dental assistant has bought your parents' old house, right? Right. So this woman, I meet this woman, and she's oh, I said, oh how lovely, yeah. And tell me, because um, I had a room up in the loft. Did, did you use it? Oh, yes, that's lovely. We've, we've had that done. I said, well, I'm so glad that the house has gone to, you know, someone who's going to look after it. And I said, did you did you get the, the wallpaper? Because, you know, me and my mate Richard wrote loads of stuff on the wall downstairs. Well, not really. They had decorations. I said, all right, OK. I said, but it's a lovely, it's got a lovely feel, that house. She was very happy growing up there in the back garden. Oh, yeah, it's lovely. It's all great. Lovely area. Oh, it's great. Right, the, all this sort of stuff. Lovely hedges in the front. How many dead pets are in the back garden? Not, not, not. But there's a lull in the conversation, and oh. I'm there with my mouth open, and my friend says to her, "Have you had to make a lot of changes to the decor?" And with me there, she's going, "Oh Christ, yeah, oh crap, the fuck, oh God, the carpet, oh jeez, we've totally, we've totally gutted the place." I'm like. <laughs> that's my parents, you know, that's their taste. Oh, Christ. Oh, fucking hell, we have to get all the carpet off. Oh, God. I'm like, oh, I've no. just, we've just been talking about my dear childhood house. They gutted the place, couldn't wait to get rid of it, thought it was all shit. They burnt well, it off. Well, they burnt it in the back. Basically, they're saying my parents are a bit common with their taste. Rude. Very bloody rude. Rude. It's horrible leaving a childhood house, isn't it? Have you, did you do that at some point? Well, at one point we moved into a new house and uh, the people there, I never, never mind gutting the place after yeah. the fact, they gutted it before they left, right? Oh, they what? all the light bulbs out. Some people do that. They took all the light bulbs out. Some they were moving to that. America. They had no need for those light bulbs. Yeah. But also, the garage was full of their shit. They'd obviously had like some sort of uh, garage sale. Yes. Everything had prices on it. Yes. Do you know what they'd left? What? Their cat. You're joking. No. So I, I'm sitting at the back door one night and a cat comes up. Yeah. Wondering who the F I am and where yes. his mum and dad were. Yeah. And they just left him. Are you sure that, look... The next they, door neighbours said, that's their cat, do you want it? You don't think that they, they were leaving and everything was loaded up in the removal van. They couldn't find the cat. They couldn't take him to America, this cat. So oh, the next so door like... neighbours said... Do you I want see. him? And we said, no, we don't want him. I see. My parents were not cat people, which might be why I'm an extreme cat person. I think that's right. You do have a habit of these bloody... Animals. Animals coming and... You're a regular Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, except I'm always telling them, book her off. You certainly do, Little. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Hey, that's not true. I'm a very busy person. Very, very busy lady. And I think her contribution to this show is... Is maximal. Is maximal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Thank you for looking after yeah we had a cat we had a cat growing up and it was fit it had distemper or something it would you know it gets hold of you yeah grab hold of you and, and sort of scratch you with the, the back feet well, this one was a bit well that's the thing because that's how they hunt they'll grab you with the front that's it and scratch away with the back they'll rip your guts out if you're a mouse but this one was called jeremy he was a very handsome tuxedo cat so black and white black black I know. face with a little white muzzle I know. White paws, Do you ever, adorable. Yeah. We used to do this thing where he'd come up to you and it'd be all nice. Mm. And then all of a sudden, ah! Yeah, I know. Nearly finished with the cat talk again now, folks. Can you tell I switch off a little bit when that happens? It's because you're a doggy man. A dogger. I'm sort of will. a dogger. I'm a sort of a dogger. Anyway, let's get on with the Supernatural. Now, I just wanted to say this, that there is a second part to the Terry Christian story. Oh, good. I wanted to play him out. And what I, I only wish I kept the bloody tape running, because when I was talking to him, he was telling me all sorts about Morrissey. Was he yammering on? He was yammering on, but I enjoyed it, because a man of my age... Likes all that stuff from yeah. the, the early 90s. It's funny, isn't it? Our generation, we used to always joke about our grandparents going on about the war. Yeah. We're going to go on about the 90s. 
Oh God, I know. But the funny thing is, when I when well, obviously, when I was growing up, there was a lot of talk about the sixties. Like, I'll turn it up about the bloody sixties. <laughs> yes, I get it. The sixties. <laughs> and at the time, we were going. Well, no one will remember the shitty music in the eighties. Now it's it's iconic. It's iconic. That stuff. I remember back in the 80s thinking the music oh, was God. shit. The young people are just rolling their <laughs> eyes now. Yeah, no, it was great in the 80s. But it turns out it was great. You had music in the 80s. Think, people like China Crisis, you'd actually have an oboe playing. When would you hear a fucking oboe now? Here's the thing, when I was a little girl, pop stars used to frighten me. That's what the 80s were. Exactly. They were terrifying. And it's... it turns out, in hindsight, I was probably right about You're a few You're probably of them. right. This is what happened with... Sorry, just a minute. You know Barry from Watford? Yeah. He did a show with um, KSI. Oh, yeah. KSI. And Barry from Watford... KSI? The, yeah. The YouTuber? Y- yeah. You're joking. For, for Paramount. Yeah. Bloody hell. And Barry told me that he spoke to his agent and said, I don't know, the kids go mad for this KSI. You know what? He's got absolutely nothing. He's horrible. He's swearing. He does all this sort of horrible stuff. Bring back, you know, the, 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 the children's entertainers of my day. And his agent said, what, like DLT, <laughs> Stuart Hall, Jimmy Savile? No, went, oh, fair enough, fair enough. Take your point. <laughs> right, let's get on with the bloody... Sp- no more cats, no more paedophiles. Let's get on with the bloody... What thing. shall we talk what about? What shall we talk... And I'm not suggesting for one second that um, DLT is one of those. Let's just make that absolutely clear. And this was the 100 Club the other night. No, 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 no. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Anyone else here got a, a story? Because there's, there's two T-shirts, and that lady's currently in the lead position with a story about... I don't know what it was, but whatever. Someone over here is pointing at me. Yes, yes. Who is it? Who, what can I do for you? Who is it? Yeah. One of you? No. Who are you Just pointing one. to? Have you got a story? No, no, no. no. AJ, AJ. AJ, AJ. Come on, AJ. AJ, AJ, AJ. AJ, speak to us. Oh, sorry. You're AJ. Hiya. <laughs> you take the piss. No, I'm from Burnley. 
Is there an echo in here? Who's that? I'm here, other side. Oh, Hiya. lovely. Where are you from, my love? Burnley, originally. Oh, I know Burnley. Lovely. Yeah. Um, oh, where are you? Can't even see you. Oh, hello, love. What's Hi, your yeah. name, my love? AJ. AJ, lovely. <laughs> AJ, please regale us with this very spooky story. You're really not much to contend with so far. <laughs> Begin. I got a new job in Tower Hamlets. Promising. Here we go. accommodation comes with that job. Accommodation, yes. Yeah. So, I finished work one night... I went to bed, yes. got woke up at two o'clock in the morning Go by on. a bell ringing, like a tinkle bell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly like that, my love. Yeah. I've been woken up by a little tinkle in the middle of the night as well. <laughs> and quite a big bell as well, as it, it happened. <laughs> and I Go didn't on. think nothing of it until my television came on at three o'clock in the morning. Go on! <laughs> and the volume was at 100. And it woke me up, and then it went off again. And I'd not lent on the remote, I promise. <laughs> oh my fucking God. And then about 20 minutes later, I got, I got woke up by my bed being lifted and dropped, and it felt like I was being dragged out of bed. Yes. And I went and told my friend Matt the next day yeah you're laughing that's slightly ruining it a bit but <laughs> and what did he say he he laughed and said oh where you live it's known to be haunted go on because I live in the Tower of London ladies and gentlemen <laughs> can I just ask you this because I know there are some this is not where to lie there's some beef eaters in aren't there yeah <laughs> What's it like being a beef eater? It's scary! <laughs> <laughs> Why have you let me piss around with this lot? There's a lot of bloody beef eaters and someone lives in the Tower of London. I've had to listen to this bollocks about the cocks, the fox. Have you signed the official secrets act with ghosts or something? You, my love, you're definitely going to... Fuck it, you can have both T-shirts. <laughs> you live in the Tower of London. Yeah. You've got accommodation in the Tower of London. What, what other things have you seen, my love? Ravens? Yeah. Ravers? Oh, yes! <laughs> got your own what on site? Pub. What? Pub. pub. We've got our own pub. <laughs> <laughs> right, OK. I feel this is fertile territory. Who else from these beef eaters? The fucking town of London! He's got another story. They've got another story. They've got another story from the beef eaters. See, this is how it's done. <laughs> beef eaters with ghost stories. Go on, who's next, please? Hi, I'm Mark. I'm alcoholic. <laughs> Get on with it. Go on. All right. Sir Henry Wyatt was a friend of Henry Tudor, the uh, king that went on to become Henry the Seventh, Henry the Eighth's father. Yeah, I know. He was held. I'm oh. regularly in touch with the con. All right. <laughs> he was he was held in the Tower of London in I great know. in I great know. misery. Yes, I've covered been in newts to... and spiders. <laughs> Richard the Third wanted to starve him, and yet a cat appeared at his window. With a pigeon in his mouth. <laughs> and Sir Henry presented the cat... No, no, he didn't. He presented the pigeon to the jailer and said, if you cook this, can, you, can I eat it? And he went, yes, of course you can. Yeah. And then he got it released when Henry VII came to the throne. Right. And um, after that, after that, all the, all the um, pictures you ever see of Henry, the, uh, Henry Wyatt was Wyatt. with a pigeon. That's it? And No, it's not that. If oh. you go to the Tower of London, even to this day, you can still see pigeons. <laughs> and suddenly the fighting cock story doesn't seem so bad. Are you actually 
actually from the towel or you just make that up on the spot? <laughs> Any other beef eater type people here with anything? Seriously, the podcast is about ghosts. It's a supernatural paranormal podcast. You might have to squeeze over here. Who's got one? I've got another one. Go on, let's hear it. Just, just to corroborate AJ's story, I lived in the flat that she lived in before. Yes. Um, I was very regular that, um, that we would be held down in the beds and the bed would be lifted up. That was quite common. In, right, in this was room. in the Tower of London. It wasn't Prince Andrew, yeah. was it? By no, well... <laughs> it was Prince Albert, I think. Uh, <laughs> what, what you choose right. to do to yourself is your own business. <laughs> but I, I moved from that flat to a, to a different flat with the basement where our bedroom was. I used to live there. Go on. Um, and three o'clock in the morning, every morning, um, my small dog used to get up go halfway up the stairs and stare into the corner of the room and start growling every single morning. Right. Very, very scary. I'm here to tell you that is spirit. Did you ever see anything? Did you get a, a change of temperature? Did you see anything translucent, a feeling, a sense of something, a sound, a smell? I often woke up in the morning and my bed was very cold and very, wet. Very cold and wet. <laughs> Was it the dog? <laughs> Was it one of the corgis? <laughs> By any chance? Is that the end of the story? He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? The... <laughs> Anyone else, or should we just... Oh, we've got one more. Right, make it a good one, one more. Come on, come on. One more. Here. Who is it? What's your right, name? What's your name, my friend? It's James. How are you doing, Clinton? You right? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, has it yeah, happened? Yeah, Dodgers in. I've actually got quite a few Clinton. Oh, it's a monkey. Is it something to do with fame? this or something? No, straight up. It's a I'm getting stories. the word Nance. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> Never lose it. Thank I, I think Charlie I'm a medium to XSL like you, on. mate. What? <laughs> I think I'm a medium to XSL like you. <laughs> Anybody a medium to extra, extra large. <laughs> Anybody on this... Are you talking in tongues? <laughs> Do you hear my stories or what? Well, yes. <laughs> Try and tell it slowly so we can understand it. Sorry, sorry. It's been a long day. Fucking moron. <laughs> right, go on then. Right, I've got quite a few. So I'll well, one. let's have one. I'll pick one. I think it's the best one. So, I had a bit of a hard time in that. My mate does angel cards. <laughs> you know about him? Your angel. mate does a angel cards. Angel cards. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, right. So he gets them out. He does the angel cards and all that. We had a little reading. Most of it's come true. <laughs> the end of it, right? So he does all that. And he says, you know, you get a, you know you've got a guardian angel, right? So yes. he says, all oh, right, I think that's my Uncle Barry. So yeah. he died just for us, boom, straight up. <laughs> right? So anyway, I'm on the phone to my mum. I go to my mum, I says, told about the angel cards and that. I went, here, mum. I says, I think Uncle Barry is my guardian angel. Yes. And she said, if he is, because I'm an Arsenal fan, she's an Arsenal fan, we're all, we're all Arsenal fans. If he is, he's yeah. a Chelsea fan. Yeah. If he is, he'll be trying to get you to support Chelsea. You know what happened, Clinton? What? So it squeezed my right hand twice. And? <laughs> but there was nothing there. There was no one there. Uncle Barry, wasn't it? Uncle Barry. <laughs> just, just go back to the thing about the football team. What was that? <laughs> I'm from Islington. I support Arsenal. Yes. Uncle Barry's from West London. He supported Chelsea. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, right. So be... <laughs> Yes, go on. Angel <laughs> <laughs> cards, la di da di da. Get uncle, told me mum about it. She said, if Uncle Barry's just guardian angel, he'd be getting sport Chelsea. Yeah. And he something squeezed my right hand twice when she said it. I was on loudspeaker on the phone. Right, and there'll yeah. be a translation available. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely story. Anyway, the thing is. Fucking hell. I think I better give you a prize just for the energy of that. Please take it. It sounded sort of scary in a way, didn't it? 
Thank you. That's for you. Lovely. I lifted a demonic house as well, but I don't know where that Okay, yeah. something about a demonic house, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no clue. Oh, my giddy God. For... I wouldn't open with that routine, mate. It's... <laughs> Fucking hell. Right. Well, I think we better give the other one to... to... I tell you we'll give it to AJ, because... And I'm sorry to you... I'm sorry, but next time, if you come to the October the 15th, which isn't selling very well... <laughs> please come back! There will be new stuff. There will be new comics. I will have some new spooky things to tell you. And we'll get that man back again to... <laughs> keep you awake. All right, well, I think... I think that we're going to... Look, just pretend we've come into the end of the show. Let's have an applause for the end of the podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Namaste. Namaste. Oh, my goodness. What a great show that was. You know there's another one on the 15th of October. Please come. The 15th of October. And then if we've missed that by the time this comes out, the 26th of November. We got tickets.com. Clinton Baptist Sunday seance. Um, the other thing is, that you know the, the, the beef eaters at the Tower of London? I'm going to meet them. I'm going to meet them and we're going to record me actually experiencing some spooky stuff in the Tower of Bloody London. The other thing to quickly tell you is on the 3rd of December, we're doing a Christmas show at the 100 Club and I'm quietly confident of having a fantastic 80s pop star. I will let you know. In the meantime, from chat, delivered from evil, get this, featuring... Sandrea Moss's... 56 from Wambourne. Sandrea Mossis, the famous lady who's got a, a, a hotline to the heavens, has actually written in a story, presumably happened to her personally. Well, a few years before she featured in uh, Take a Break, Fate and Fortune. Please, let's hear it, Linda. <clears throat> I saved my family from a hag's curse, she screams from oh, the headline. Christ. A professional medium for over 30 years, I have seen some things in my time that would make your hair curl. But some cases still have the power to shock me. And that's exactly what happened when I was called on to help Dave, asterisk, not his real name. It's David Bowie. And his family. It started when Dave chopped down some ancient trees in his garden. Trees can trap or cap negative energy. And unfortunately, it seemed that this was exactly what these trees had been doing. As once they were gone, strange things began to happen. Dave's son, Alid's toys, would spring to life and talk to him. His wife, Sally, heard voices around the house, saw doors opening and closing. A monk-like figure would wait at the top of the stairs for Dave. But it was the morning that he stepped out of the shower, covered in blood, with four long scratches down his back that prompted him to call me. Well, it would, wouldn't Sandrea. it? Yeah. You've got to help me, Sandrea, he begged. It's been going on for 18 months now. I'm exhausted. Subtitle, Demonic Entity. Of course I agreed to help. I was certain that whatever was in the house was demonic and indeed an entity, and dangerous as well. When I arrived at Dave's home with a group of my fellow mediums, I could see they were a family in crisis. Dave in particular looked grey, drained of any colour. Whatever was in the house was vampiric and feeding off his energy. It was a warm summer's evening, yet it was icy inside the house. The atmosphere was so heavy that it was hard to breathe. We That's really strange. We started upstairs in the adult's bedroom. You dream that your wife is unfaithful to you, don't you? I said to Dave. A bit forward, isn't it? How do you know? He gasped, shocked. They just told me, I said, pointing upwards. My spirit guides also told me that it was the evil presence in the house that was causing Dave to have horrible nightmares. We moved to a small room beneath the bathroom, which is where Dave's injuries had occurred. We sealed off the house, trapping the demon in the room with us. Then we began to open an etheric gateway to hell to push it through. <laughs> just stop it, just one sec. You have to admit it is quite extreme to come out of the shower covered in blood. I mean, do you, why were the I police had a right caught? job done in my bathroom. It would did not you? be out of yeah, it wouldn't be out of kilter to be honest. Really? Yeah. What What did they do? do you, you weren't in danger of snagging anything on 
Well, I mean, it, it, yes, I was. They've left like bits, bits were sticking out and. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They drilled through to put the shower in and they drilled through the wall. Turned out the wall was made out of straw. I'm not even joking. I'm like the little pig. Straw? Where do you. <laughs> you, you live sort of out in the countryside a little well, bit, not, though, don't you? Not really, but I think it's just in the 1980s, late 70s, when they built that house, they were just cutting corners. So it was like straw. The walls are made out of straw. Where, where was this snagging? Was it quite low down in the shower? And this got it wasn't just near the pan at the bottom, was it? <laughs> Could you hear me searching for that? Yes, Sam it's King. awful. Eee, I'm yari. Is that your willing? Right. Said Sandrea <laughs> when, when the bloke came out the shower. Right. So, so, so anyway, they basically... From the shower to hell. Yeah, they've got an etheric pathway to hell. The room got colder and colder. I shuddered as I felt the growing presence of pure evil. Suddenly I heard an urgent voice in my head. Oh. Is that your willing? It was one of my spirit guides. Don't look at it. <laughs> you do have a dirty bottom, I've seen it. Everyone, close your eyes, I insisted. Whatever you do, don't open them. Oh, Christ. They did as I instructed and slowly I began to take out my... No, they did as I instructed and began to force the demon out of the room. It battled... All oh, right, so... Well, okay. she's good like that. Yeah, because she's a witch. She's very good like right, that, Sandrea. Right, 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 everyone close their eyes so no one sees... Bugger all happening. Listen, she, Linda, she is a proper spiritual lady. She can tell you what's going on in heaven. Well, She's got an etheric pathway out the bathroom. All right, so they're forcing a monster into hell. hell from the bathroom. On more than one occasion, I cried out in agony. Linda as... is shit. Sorry about that. Pain through my body. But gradually, the room began to feel warmer and brighter. And then I got another message. Open your eyes. I did as I was told. And there in front of me was Dave's dog. The poor thing... Oh, God, hey? this takes a turn for the worst. The poor thing was sitting in a pool of its own urine. Oh, oh Jesus Christ, you don't want that in the bathroom. Is it in the bathroom? Yeah. Yes. Where are we? You must have been so scared, Dave cried, rushing to pet it. What did you see, you poor boy? He looked at me, his eyes bright. Thank you, he said. What, the dog? The dog said that. He looked at me, his eyes bright. Thank you, he said softly. <laughs> I'm happy to report that the fact... That's the main takeaway of this story. The dog fucking speaks. <laughs> I'm that one that does the bathroom in the adverts. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to report that the family had no further problems after our cleansing. The dog didn't say that. That's him. And this is Andrea said this. I later found out that the house was in an area with a history of black magic and built on converging ley lines. I believe that whatever was in that house was associated with dark witches. And that's where Dave and Sally had both dreamt about beautiful, seductive women. Oh. I dream like that all the time. Maybe... <laughs> Witches. Maybe maybe they, my house has got black magic. That's the illusion they create, but they are, in fact, wicked hags. Oh. But that has happened, doesn't it? <laughs> Sometimes you think, oh, she's lovely, this one, and it turns out to be a wicked hag. <laughs> that kind of demonic energy is very dangerous. You're telling me, who knows what would have happened if we hadn't stepped in? I'm just glad we got there on time. Sandra Mosses is an international medium and psychic. Find out more about her work at sandreamosses.co.uk. Now, night hag. Yeah. Tell, tell now, me. I've taught you about this phenomenon because I've experienced it. Go night on, hag. tell us about night hags. The term night hag or hag riding. Yes, oh, I've done that. Is it? It's used to describe the phenomenon found in many cultures around the world in which a person feels the presence of a malevolent being on their chest as they sleep. Ooh. Oh, you just spanked me. Yeah. Crushing the breath out of them. It's now thought that this is actually called by sleep paralysis, which can also cause hallucinations. I've had that. Well... Twice. What, you felt like a, 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 something's on top of your something's chest? Something's in the room. Yes. I feel like I'm awake. That's There's right. There's a figure there. And it's pressing down on my chest. Right. And you don't put that down to supernatural behaviour. No, or, or, it's biology. Or a hang. It's biology. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. By the way, Sandrea Mosses, next time you're in a dodgy bathroom, instead of opening up a portal to hell or whatever, just a bit of Jif Moose. Yeah. What you want to do is get the grout off, yeah. re-grout it. Do that. Do, do oh, that Silic Bang Black Mould stuff's really good. Sandrea, if you're listening, Silic Bang. OK. I want to speak now to... The, this is a really interesting story. It's from Eddie Midgley. Finally. Who, at last, at last. Eddie Midgley, who I met the other day. Let her run this big, 
Eddie Midgley has just been on stage here at the Brooks Club in, where are we? Uh, Accrington. Accrington, yeah. Accrington. And um, he was desperate to tell me of, uh, well, uh, what you described as a terrifying ghost story, it Eddie. Terrifying. Uh, please, Linda, put on the spooky music as Eddie regales us. So Slowly and with mood. All right, with mood. Okay, so it was in the 60s. My dad was the youngest of five boys. One of his brothers, uh, he passed away in a mining accident on a school trip. He fell oh down. Oh, my God. And it was terrifying. He mine, in, uh, down a mine? Down a mine on a school trip. His rope came loose and he fell and oh he died. Oh, my God. Bloody hell. And then uh, years passed by. They were having a big family meal in the family home. And... Um, they, they were all going up to wash their hands and get ready for the meal. And one of the brothers brought his girlfriend. It was the first time in the house. She didn't really know the family. Yeah. She goes upstairs. She comes down. They all sit down. And the grandma of the family asks, uh, is, everybody, is everybody downstairs? And the new girl says, oh, no, there's a the boy upstairs. There's a boy just still upstairs in the corridor. And everyone's like, mm, everyone's sat here. All, all the sons are sat here. Yes. And she goes, no, he's the boy upstairs. He's got a huge sort of scar down his head. And he, you know, he's got a bit of dirt on him as well. And she's like, bloody that, and, and the grandma was the only person that knew as she identified the body that her son, after the mining accident, yes. had a huge cut down his face. His face had been split open. When you say, when you talk about the family and the grandma, these are your relatives. These are my relatives. Yes. Yes. It was my grandma uh, on my father's side. Right. Okay. And so, did, did this become a, a famous story in the family, or was it dismissed at the time? Uh, I think it was dismissed, certainly by my granddad. He didn't want to hear any of it. But of it, yeah, it's been passed down since then. And now that the grandparents have died, it's one of those stories that's sort of maybe been exaggerated over time. Yeah, but we don't, we don't want to hear that on right, podcasts okay. like mine. <laughs> no exaggeration going on. No, it's all real. So, okay. So tell me. So that's a terrible story about. Yeah. Um, so that would have been your uncle. Would have been my uncle. Never met him. He he was fifteen, I think. When he died. And your and your dad didn't want to hear about it, and his dad didn't want to hear about it. No, I don't think they believed in it at the time. But right. he tells the story now, I think, fondly. And this this girlfriend didn't turn out joining the family in any way. Uh, no, I think after that dirt, she had to head off. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I, I think that was a weird first impression. Okay, right. Well, that is a wonderful story. Thank you very very much. Very very moving. Thank you very much. Fady Neil. Fady Neil. Look, I want to remind you, on the 15th of October, the 26th of November, the 3rd of December, and there's another one in January. We're doing another one in January and February, which, don't worry about those now. We could look them up. Reminded. Don't, I don't want to do everything for you. Look yeah. up uh, Sunday, Sunday Seance at the 100 Club in London. So please come, 15th of October or 26th of November, probably the next two that are coming up. Go to wegotickets.com and look for Clinton Baptist Sunday Seance. Linda, what? What are you going to be doing now? What am I going to be doing now? Oh, I've got to go to my mum and dad's, actually. What's yeah. going on there? Well, they're going to cook me some tea. And they oh. cooked me tea yesterday as well. Because I've been working so hard, they're like, come over, oh, kid. And my dad lovely. said he'd make me a butty, but it was better oh. than a butty. What was it? It was a little plate, and they put a thing over the top, like a little plastic, not a cloche, not as posh no, as that. No, but a plastic. But just to stop it spattering the microwave. It was dead good. What sort of thing was it? Because I do like this time of year, a bit of comfort food. A shepherd's pie. It was, it was a cottage a pie. A cottage pie. Some little oh, ca- carrot batons, oh, some peas. I'd love that. I wish someone could cook for me and I, I could be looked after. Well, maybe you shouldn't be so objectionable. Yeah, swaddled. <laughs> swaddled. Ladies and gentlemen, I can invite Ruth down. She could cook oh, me up something. I wouldn't eat anything she's touched <laughs> if I were you. Well, you know, she makes herself... She's, I can't get rid of her. She's always around. You do have a dirty bottom. I've seen Do you know what I mean? Oh, I can't yeah. escape her. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. I will see you at the 100 Club. Go and get a bloody ticket and you can do your own ghost stories and appear on this show. Linda, until next time. Yes. Namaste. Bye. My thanks to Linda. Andrew Monument, Eddie Midgley and Glow for this fantastic song and also to Archie Levy who plays the guitar on this. Uh, Thank you for everyone for coming to the 100 Club the other night. It was absolutely fantastic. See you on the 15th of October. Get your bloody tickets!
you gotta, if you gotta Take it slow, take it slow, take it slow See you next week, everyone. Thank you. I went down the lane. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, right. Clinton Baptiste here, offering you the chance to enjoy my Patreon podcast for free for seven days. So many people have been joining me over there. It's a shame that you're not. Uh, we've got videos, cartoons, we've got uh, all sorts of stuff, uh, all the old back catalogue and a chance for exclusive dibs on tickets before anyone else. Please come to patreon.com forward slash Clinton Baptiste. All right, spirit fading now. See you there. Fading nail.